the New Best Practices, a podcast about the process of making software. I'm your host, Ross Hunter. Joining me today is Jason Sitch. Hey, how's it going, Ross? And Jace Browning. How's it going? And today, we're going to talk about code review. Um, so code review can mean a lot of different things, depending on uh, what your situation is. I think uh, for most of us, we're talking about you pull requests on GitHub. Um, that is the system I've had the most success with. Um, Bitbucket is, you know, fine too. Um, or I, I've never actually used GitLab professionally. Have it, either of you like used GitLab at a at a place? No, not professionally. No, I hear it's got some nice stuff, but you know, GitHub works well for me. Unless you have interesting requirements, GitHub is usually the best one, right? Um, uh, they changed their pricing structure a while ago, and that made it hard for some people. But I don't even remember what the what the kerfuffle about that was. Is I think it I think it went from projects, right, where you had X number of projects you can have to unlimited projects, but um, people based or something for organizations. Is that right? That sounds right. I don't, I, I don't, I pay for myself and that's a, so yeah. <laughs> can't really remember. But like, that's gotta be source control has gotta be one of your most important tools. So like you better be able to pay for that. <laughs> if you're not making enough money to cover those costs, then I think you're in trouble. Yeah, it is. It is amazing to me sometimes where it's like, oh, well, we can be on Bitbucket for free. And it's like, well, but what if you like waste any amount of time? <laughs> what if you spend any amount of time being less productive than you could have on GitHub? Um, and, and I've run into that with just some weird stuff on Bitbucket where I'm just like, I know how to do this on GitHub. Um, anyway. Yeah. But then I still think a lot of people aren't using GitHub. Right. I mean, a lot of like smaller companies, web stuff, they're on GitHub, but like probably half of the people that write code probably don't have never even used GitHub. Like if you, if you like look at all industries um, and it's because the, the idea of the pull request and the, the viewing the unified diff and leaving comments can be kind of mind blowing if you've never seen that. Like, I don't know if you've, have you done any other, um, code review approaches that weren't pull requests? Uh, just an aerospace, but it's wildly different. Right. That's like actually sitting down and going through the, the whole code base yeah. line by line. Um, which there, there's some nice things of that. You know, the, the diffs on GitHub, like, you're, they're almost kind of distracting in that you're only looking at the changes and you really don't think about the code like as the whole, or you, you think of it as just like the parts that are changed and you don't look at the rest of the code. Uh, it, there's also something nice about it being synchronous. I know it seems kind of crazy to like sit down and like talk through code with people, but um, actually having like a group of people and you're going through like a review and you've already all kind of like looked at it. And now you're discussing it like synchronously. Um, I feel like there's an advantage there that people totally skip out on now because they do this whole asynchronous review on GitHub, right? And you leave comments and it's like, especially like I work with a guy um, in Kalingrad that like 
I leave a review comment and then I have to wait, you know, 12 hours or something before I get a response. And it could take days to get through like a, a code review at that point because you're waiting. And it's like, you know, if we're sitting right next to each other, it would take five minutes to knock this thing out. But um, it's a life, lifestyle that we have right now. So it's something I, I don't think people think about too much. Yeah, I, I've always thought it'd be interesting if you, you do like pull requests, but then once a month, if the whole company got together and just spent a day going through all the code, like just making sure, like, I don't know, maybe flag sections that anybody's confused by and like somebody go through and explain how it works. And uh, you know, it's weird. Like, I, I feel weird because I'll ask people to walk me through code. And some people have, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, they'll, They'll want me to review a pull request and be like, well, I don't understand the context of this, basically, is what it comes down to a lot of times. And it's like, it's a huge change, lots of files, lots of changes. It's like, you just walk me through it. Like, what happened? Like, let's get on a call and you share your screen and you just show me what happened here. But um, people seem almost adverse. I think it's just from a lack of, you know, doing something like that before. But uh, I don't know. I've gotten some weird reactions uh, asking for that before. Um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I like that you can see the full change set in your pull request, but then, like you're suggesting, still have somebody walk you through it. Um, I I like to still like actually leave the comments in GitHub. Um, or so anytime, it's a nice hybrid approach. Um, so if I'm talking with someone and walking through the code and I see something weird, I like to still make that, those comments in line again, just to clarify this conversation for other people who maybe will have the exact same questions when they come into this code base. Yeah. Something else I've started uh, doing is reviewing my own code before I even assign a reviewer where I walk through it. And I think like, okay, I bet they're going to leave a comment on this. So I better explain myself in advance uh, or anything that looks a little weird or things that I'm like, this might not be good. You know, definitely look at this line because I think this might be bad, but I put it in here anyways. So then it almost like directs the reviewer, uh, you know, like it, will, it, it, it provides some extra context to the reviewer, but then also directs them in like areas you want them to, to focus on. What, what's funny is... That seems very obvious to me as a thing to do. I, I do the exact same thing. And when, I tell, when I've told other people that, they have been surprised by that. And, I'm, and I think you're not, you're not taking the time to look at your own, at your own code. Um, and and I, you know, even if I'm working on an individual project, I, I'll still do that exact same thing. Create a pull request, make some comments. It just seems like the best way to visualize, have a record. Um, like there's just so many benefits to doing that instead of, you know, scrolling over the code inside of your text editor, um, you know, as a review like that, that doesn't, that seems silly to me. It seems like the GitHub interface in particular is the best suited for reviewing code, even if you yourself wrote that code. Yeah, I and you know, kind of getting back to what I said about you know, it's nice to have synchronous conversations. Sometimes you kind of get ahead of the game where if you're you know, you create a, a pull request and you go through it, you write comments. You can already think of like, I bet you know they're not going to understand this right here. They're not going to know how to view this, and you can take the time 
to either go back to your code, change it, add comments, or add comments to the pull request to say, like, hey, here's the context to help you understand what's going to happen here in this change. Yeah. If you look at my some of my open source stuff, I'm having all sorts of conversations with myself. <laughs> but the, the thinking is that maybe if somebody looks at it later, it, it's just extra contact, uh, extra context on like why things, why changes were made, why PRs were merged and all that. Do you ever feel like um, you've failed to communicate in code your intent and that maybe yeah. a PR is a bad place to document that? Right. It's probably, it's probably a smell. If I think I have to leave a, a an advanced, uh, like a pre-review comment to explain something because well, one, if somebody's just looking at the code, they're not going to have that comment. And it's unlikely they're going to go back to GitHub and find the PR and then look, then see the comments. They might. But uh, I, I think when I'm leaving those like pre-review comments, I'm just trying to be like overzealous about it. Like anything that could possibly be confusing. Um, but another thing I do is like if I did in the code leave a comment, like a to-do, to-do comment or something, I'll start a conversation on that comment. Cause it's like a nice, like jumping off point to hold a, a longer conversation around why there is a comment here and what should we do, you know, moving forward with it. Yeah. Sometimes uh, there's a failing in the tool also where, uh, what do you, you get files back, uh, sorted alphabetically. And I, I see a ton of comments and people like, Oh yeah, th- this is in regards to this file, which is further down in their view or something like that. That'll point down to something else because you can't, It'd be nice to be able to pre- present a better story via the diffs of uh, what happened, but you just kind of get you know the diffs alphabetically instead, which um, in in large pull requests can be um, painful. Eventually, we'll have semantically aware version control that instead of saying <laughs> inserted line, remove line, it'll say renamed function, refactored method, extracted class. That'll be that'll be amazing when we get there. What if your commits could just say that themselves? <laughs> we, so I think we've, we've actually talked about this offline about, um, you know, having good commit messages really helps reviews sometimes too, where instead of seeing all the changes at once, you can go through like commit by commit as you do your review and say, oh yeah, like this, it gives you more of a context, right? For a subset of the changes within the code review. And that can be, Pretty valuable, but I think people, uh, you know, while you're making commits, you don't really think that far in advance, or maybe, yeah, maybe you're just making changes all over. You don't really have a plan anyway. So the most important part of any pull request is actually the description of the pull request, right? Um, having good individual commit messages is is fantastic, but it might be a somewhat big thing. You might have tried two different things. You might have, you know, 10 commit messages or whatever. And you're really only trying to accomplish, you know, one goal. Um, so having a good PR title um, that is not just the name of the branch has things like, te- uh, you know, the the intent of the PR, the test steps. Um Things like that um, that that oftentimes get overlooked. Um, I know that the first thing I do is read that, and then and then I go to the diff. Um, I tend not to actually look at individual commits unless those two things fail me. Right um, on on your average pull request, I would not expect to have to go commit by commit, um, but it is still nice to have 
to have that there for context. So we talked about what it's like to like review the code, have somebody else review the code. Um, well, we've been talking mostly from the position of putting your code out there as a pull request. Um, the other thing that I think is common uh, or is not common enough is actually downloading the code and testing that the functionality actually works. I am um, in- increasingly, I'm always surprised when uh, I send someone a pull request and I'll be like, oh yeah, did that work for you? And they're like, well, I didn't actually, you know, download it. I'm like, well, could you do that? <laughs> could you actually make sure that when you click the button, it works? Like, I'm glad that all the tests pass, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that can't even be tested, you know, like, hey, did all of the did all of the NPM packages install properly for you or all the Ruby gems? I was hitting this weird, you know, uh, native extensions error, any number of things that like you need more people to actually download the code just to see if it runs. And then, hey, does it do the thing that we all want it to do? I think GitHub is partially to blame here in that they've organized their whole UI for PRs around like getting to that green check mark. Um, that I don't know that people really think this, but they might feel like, oh, it's just you just got to get got to get it merged. Just got to get that check mark and merge it like and there's just some steps. You just got to get somebody else to say it's good and then you go. And then as if like merging the PR is the goal, but it's not the goal. The goal is like to build product uh, that's that works well and delights users. Um, I think now. Ross, are you. In, the, in those scenarios you're describing, are those merged PRs immediately going out to production? Because at least where I work now, every, every PR we merge, it, we're shipping to production very, very quickly. So PRs stay open for, you know, weeks because like they're, they're big features and they're like, it has to be production ready. It's not just like tweaks and then we'll ship it out eventually. I think if you, if you, get into more of a continuous delivery mindset, you start to care more about the content of your changes and the, the correctness of them. Yeah, I, I think it definitely depends on the, what the PR is, right? Sometimes it's, some, it's a small tweak, and yeah, you can just look at the code and you don't necessarily need to download it. But if you are adding significant functionality, um, it's... I personally down, you know, download, I have a tendency to download damn near everything um, because it shouldn't take long to actually test that the thing works, even if it is a style thing. Like, hey, did they check it on all screen sizes? You know, I, I think it's also my responsibility as a developer to test the functionality of the code. Um, I have actually never worked anywhere where I did have a separate like test team. Um, and I've worked with people that did work under those situations and they have a tendency, the developers I know that have worked in those types of situations have a tendency to shit out a bunch of code and let somebody else test it. Um, I have run into a couple people like that and I think that is a terrible terrible mentality um to uh 
they to look down on testing or anything like that like it's it's something that that somebody else should do and that we're not responsible for actually making sure our stuff works um or that it'll be fixed in a follow-up pr or anything like that i think it's i think that's irresponsible mindset it's it's amazing to me the ambiguity we have with words in our uh field where we say code review, and I don't do you even know what that means. Like, I think depending on who you're talking to, it varies. Uh, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other, where like some people think it's just like you're a linter, right? You're looking at code and you're doing the job of the linter, and it's like, yeah, that that looks like good code right there. Good job there. I'll give you the green check mark so you can merge it in. And you know, I I I don't see it like that. Um, You've got to be looking, or at least like my my chosen lifestyle is, um, you know, this PR represents a feature and does it implement the feature? Can you go look at the thing that describes it? Is it text in the PR? Is it uh, tracked somewhere else in some kind of issue management system or something? Can you go read that, understand what they're trying to accomplish with the PR? And, and sure, there is like this, like, does the code look good? Type of, it doesn't meet our standards, you know, if you have standards or, you know, what you think of it. But there's also architecture, there's functionality. And, and functionality, like you were saying, you have to you have to pull that code down, you have to try it, you have to run it somewhere, maybe in a review app or something like that. Um, and I, it'd just be nice to uh, define things better because code review is just kind of, it's a little too loose. And I, I don't know, we're very accepting of like... <laughs> having all these various uh, definitions of these words and no, you know, you think, you know, what you're talking about with people, but you don't. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. If I had control over the GitHubs and the Bitbuckets and the, uh, all the other services like that doing code review, I think I would add a required like test step. So you'd have like a review step and a test step and you'd have to check both boxes. So you'd actually have to like, like say, yep, I looked at all the code and it's good. And then I also like ran through these test steps and they're all good too. <laughs> and maybe even uh, have like a first class understanding of like test cases or steps or things to try and require the reviewer have to have actually gone through each one and say it's good. Because um, like, I mean, on all my projects now, I'm using things like like Heroku Review Labs. And I know, I know, um, uh, GitLab does a thing like that. Um, GitHub does something internally that they call review labs, which is just the idea of every single PR, deploy it. Deploy every single PR. So there is no excuse not to test it because it's already deployed. Just click a button, log in, and you have a functioning app and you can run through like real test scenarios on it. It just, it just points to the fact that, you know, a lot of times we don't understand like the true meaning of code like we understand like we learn how to write it well like that's i don't know it's kind of a joke but <laughs> you learn how to write code well right you're you're a coder now but um a lot of times without you know there's a lot more context there, there's code there's data uh and those things change at runtime you have uh things that mutate you know state changes and um to just say that code looks good I don't, it's not good enough to even say architecture is good isn't good enough like you have to introduce that state and mutate it and see what actually happens when you run it you know to uh to see that things uh are proper the sooner you find out about bugs the easier they are to fix right 
when you're actually looking at the code, it's a lot easier to fix any of those bugs right away. Um, if you actually test the code and you uh, you know test the feature and you're like, okay, it looks great, but hey, here's this edge case you didn't think of. Um, and hey, I'm I'm looking at the code right now. Uh, I'm understanding like there's going to be a tricky thing about this um, or or any type of c- scenarios like that. That the sooner you find out about the these bugs, the better. If you let the, it make it all the way to staging, suddenly um, you know we didn't test every edge case, and now you now your bug slips through. So even if it's just even if it's just your regular type of testing of, uh, you know, smoke testing or, or whatever, however Jace wants to define uh, the different types of testing, um, it's good to get, get it going as, as soon as possible and fix those, fix those bugs slash discover weird architecture that you need to completely change, right? Like, oh, we're going down this path and uh, we found a bug that actually means we can't do it the way we wanted to at all. We need to actually blow all of this away because we forgot about this edge case. And now we need to have another database table or any number of just like, man, <laughs> check your shit out as soon as possible and avoid these problems. Yeah. And I mean, you can't expect everyone in your team to have that kind of a like a full you know quality assurance mindset or anything like that. But if everybody in your team at least uh, logs into your app, and just uses the feature that is mentioned on the PR. Just goes in and uses it one time. I think half those times you're going to find that it's not working. Like, <laughs> right? Like it's 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 code. We're really we're not good at writing code. You know, code is dangerous. Uh, you know, and it's especially hard to think about those kinds of like edge cases when you're writing the code yourself. So it's it's also critical that the person that's doing the the testing is not you. It needs to be somebody else needs to be somebody else like you know it's not a, not afraid to hurt your feelings like just you know you're all you're all on the same team you're all trying to deliver working product uh isn't it isn't it amazing how you people strive for you know like writing writing good code like passes and letters you have you have all passing tests too like the thing that you wrote passes the test that you wrote also congratulations and then you get this thing out here, like it, it seems like it goes to code review, it gets approved. Like I've seen this before, like something ships and then you go to try to use it. It's totally broke. And it's like, how do we spend so much time getting this all the way out to this environment? And it's totally broke and no one caught it via, you know, the process that we have. It's, it's amazing to me how that happens. I think it'd be interesting if like it- when you do like a git blame, instead of telling you who wrote it, it should tell you who approved it. <laughs> like what if you were more responsible for the things that you sign off on than the the stuff you write? Because it doesn't Man. matter who was sitting at the keyboard and hit enter. Like it matters like, I don't, I don't know, maybe that's just me like as a yeah. QA engineer thinking like the testing's way more important <laughs> than than who sat and wrote the code. Oh, uh, I, I, f- feel yes i agree with that 100 percent um you are you are allowed to make mistakes as a human being um you are more likely to make mistakes if you are typing out this code than someone whose sole responsibility you're just going hey does this look right um and if somebody says yes 
It's not like it's a shared responsibility. Um, but I personally feel worse about um, if I have approved something and an edge case gets through, I'm like, well, shit, I, I probably should have, should have caught that. Um, and I also feel like, Hey, if I write the code and it gets to production, there's a bug and I'm like, Hey, did anybody look at this? Like for, for all the reasons we're talking about, it's, it is so hard as you're writing the code to, you know, you're manually testing it, but you're getting in the zone of doing the same manual test steps. And so the three manual test steps that you've created or the slash and the test that you've written are all coming back green, right? But um, getting any type of outside perspective. Um, I So I came on and uh, um, worked on a project, uh, you know, giant, giant company making, uh, you know, a bunch of money, uh, got into the code base for the first time and five seconds in, like I'm known, known for exaggerating. This is not an exaggeration. I hit a 500 error. I was like, hey, why didn't, like, what this happen? It's like, oh, well, yeah, if you got, you know, and they explain, explained it. And I'm like, um, okay, so why isn't it, like, why is it not fixed? Like, you seem to understand exactly what I'm saying. As a new user, I, I came to a 500 error within five seconds. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't we fix that? Um, and, and that's more from just, the, like, diverse perspectives, uh, you know, having, having different people look at your code. Um, which is another, another advantage of, of the code review is not just code review, but these feature reviews and, and finding the random weirdo bugs. Uh, so on this topic, um, we're, we're talking about, you know, getting different viewpoints, um, you know, involving other people. Uh, what are your thoughts if I said that we paired on something, um, is it, is it good to merge? Um, because I have, we have two brain, you know, and, it, and the idea with pairing is you have someone at the keyboard kind of doing this manual work in the line by line. And then you have the second person kind of overseeing. And it's not really, I, some people think it's about like typos and stuff, but really it's about thinking beyond the current context, you know, with beyond that, that current word that they're typing and thinking about a lot more than what the, the person driving is, is doing. So, so I, I think that is great. Uh, I think pair programming is very good. Um, I do not think that pair programming, pair programmed code is uh, automatically reviewed by the nature of it being pair programming, pair programmed. Um, it is more reviewed. I, I agree. Um, but it's still that whole like, all right, like ship this code, have somebody out like, the you know you you've you've marked it in the sand you've described it you've said this is done somebody look at this um and then yeah someone comes in from the outside and five seconds in you know hits a 500 error like just having some having somebody come in it's almost a it's a blessing that they don't have all the context right they're able to go in there and say hey this looks weird or why does it work this way or any of those types of things are, are actually, you know, kind of benefits of the process, actually. One thing I like to do uh, is create pull requests early, uh, much sooner than I am actually looking for code review. Because a lot of the things I'm working on, whether it's open source or like, you know, hobby projects with friends, you know, there is no pair programming because we're never working at the same time. And, but if I, 
can push my code out and show you a diff as I'm working on it. When you have time, you, we, you can almost kind of like do a little bit of like an async pair program where you can at least see my thought process and leave comments as I'm going uh, to point things out, even though I'm not like formally ready to ship anything. Have you gotten feedback? Like, has that worked for me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it takes some explaining because some people in their mindset, like if there's a PR, it's ready to merge right now. Um, and but that isn't, I don't know. I, I don't really like that approach because then it means whatever you did up to that point is completely invisible yeah. to the rest of your I've, team. I've gotten, I, I'm sometimes PR shy where I feel like I get drive-by like PR of like comments um, that I don't really care for because I know in my mind what I'm going for and how things are going to change. And this is not, it's not ready for review and I'm not interested in comments reviewing it because everything, you know, the section that you're reviewing may, may totally change from where it's at right now. And, uh, so I've had run into that where I've had someone leave comments on my PR and I, I do, I have like an emotional reaction. I'm like, why? Like, I didn't ask you yep. <laughs> and you're talking about this thing and I'm going to, f it's either I'm going to fix that. Like, did you think I actually would have left that in or, um, or even just like, well, uh, I'm working on this feature. Thank you for letting me know what you might have done differently. Uh, cool <laughs> story, bro. Um, you know, I've definitely had those types of emotional reactions. Like that's the other thing. Like it is. You are interacting with humans, um, and that might be why some people are turned off from it. Um, they don't want other people's opinions. Um, I I like other people's opinions for the most part. I can, uh, you know, I I have these emotional reactions, but I will rationalize and go, oh, "This person is just, you know, they're trying to help." And on the flip side, I love I love reviewing code. It's it's a it's a fun thing. I like to um, I. I like to help, you know, if I can see something, I like to help people, you know, and, you know, like, hey, memoize this value or, you know, hey, d like you can do this with this syntax. And I do like giving those types of feedback. Uh, I do try to be as constructive as possible and use exclamation points. And, you know, if I do leave a couple bad ones in a row, I'm like, hey, this was great. I love how you did this, you know. Um, so it is, it is still a human endeavor of interacting between people. Yeah. And it's, I guess, you know, I'm always, so I, I typically open up Polaricos early to get a diff, to get a review app, you know, basically to use some of the tooling, not necessarily to, to collect feedback. And I would think some of that would be evident and I'll, I'll try to leave the title, uh, either like explicitly calling out, like do not murder, you know, like some kind of like whip. Or something like that. I don't put any details in the description of the PR, um, and it's it's basically because I'm using the tooling. And you know, I think I, I don't know. Maybe if, um, maybe if we're on that, if we had a better job of like formalizing a process and saying like PRs need a description, with test steps, stuff like that for the review, and that became the norm of like, hey, I'm not going to review this PR. Because you didn't actually adequately filled out the body of it, um, you know that stuff like that may help. You know, whereas if you if you really come in and this PR looks empty, and it's just like a brand new PR, maybe come talk to me about it. You know, if you see something, don't just like start leaving comments throughout it. 
Yeah, and it all comes down to communicating with your team and making sure everybody's on the same page, you know, holding those those retrospectives periodically and like addressing any concerns people have about the process or uh, confusions they have. Yeah. And I think it is important to have the team develop the process. Um, and that's one reason that I, I try to shy away from um, any overly prescriptive, uh, you know, agile framework, uh, you know, pick your choice, uh, you know, it, Scrum or um, anything that's overly prescriptive. Because when I've had the most success is when I've been working on a team with uh, like at least a couple other people that are interested in uh, stuff like process and you develop your process over time. Uh, you talk about it at retros and slow, it gets better. And, you know, Jason brings up like, Hey, you know, I'm putting up whip pull requests and people are commenting on them. Like, can we, can we not do that? Um, and then everybody understands that and you put it in the, you decide, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, or, or somebody says like, you know what? I forgot. Like I, I, I just like to go through and review a bunch of pull requests at the same time. And so I didn't notice it or, you know, there, there might be a reason. And, and so you can find an answer to it such as like, all right, we're going to like explicitly say, we're going to explicitly assign people like there are there are so many options and there's who's to say which one is the right one for your team. So uh, that's what I, I would encourage everyone to get a process, uh, write it down, um, be flexible about that process, but understand that it's there to help you. Um, if somebody if um, if people continue to have problems with it you change the process you know people people over process stuff like that that um that has been allowed me me and my teams to be to be successful when we've been able to um fully control uh, the whole process yeah especially for code review because as you we were saying earlier nobody really knows what that means that that doesn't mean any one specific thing so code review needs to be whatever it needs to be for your team so Figure out what your goals are as your team. And then when, and whenever you think you're not meeting your goals, figure out how to improve your process and think about like, okay, what sorts of code review uh, steps would have caught this? Or, you know, do we need to be doing more testing? Do we need to be run more tools, run more linters? Maybe we need to spend more time reviewing tests. Um, that's a big thing too that we haven't really covered yet is like the most important thing to review in the code review is tests. Uh, right like well and also uh, if you don't have ci on your project um why uh it's so easy now right we've i think we've because we've all like worked in similar environments i think we're making a lot of assumptions here but like yeah step one is like okay do you have tests can you run them automatically <laughs> uh can you run them with one command do they give you like good like results back uh okay can you have a computer out on the internet run your yeah. test for you yeah <laughs> like and then it goes all the way up to like you know we're talking about like review labs review apps that is the future but you better be doing all those things up to that point first thank you for taking the time to listen to our thoughts here on the new best practices we are on the internet at the new you can find our contact information there we're on Twitter and whatnot. 
feel free to yell at us. If you enjoy this program, please leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice and tell your friends. We are currently, very slowly, working on the next season, and any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks again. We look forward to next time.